Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of KDHL's AM Minnesota program. Joining me by phone from Steele County is Leanne Alt with the Audubon Society. Did I get that right, Leanne? Well, um, yeah, fairly close. I'm actually a, a longtime birder. And um, for a number of years, I have participated in a number of bird counts, along with my husband. Uh, and one of them is the um, Audubon Society's Christmas Bird Count. Okay, so you're not actually with the Audubon Society then? Uh, no, I actually, well, I'm a member of the Audubon Society. Uh, and we do the Christmas bird count through the um, Audubon Society. It's a. It started out as a North American bird count, but it has now gone worldwide. Cool as a, a Christmas bird count. Yes, it. Um, it really is. It's really a, a wonderful thing that's occurred over the last 124 years. Actually. Yeah, started 124 years ago nationally, and there in Steele County, you started 52 years ago. That is correct, yes, yes. It was started by um, assistant principal at Owatonna High School, Daryl Hill, and Daryl ran the bird count up until a couple of years ago um, <clears throat> and stepped down, stepped aside, actually. Daryl still participates in the, the, the count, but he's not administrator of it anymore. So <clears throat> myself and OHS biology teacher Seth Muir have uh, stepped in and um, um, taken kind of taken over, taken the reins from Daryl because we really do want to see this continue for the next 52 years in Steele County. And you have to keep good records, right? Right, yes, yes, yes. Daryl has a lot of paperwork of, of, of records. And, and what we actually do with the count numbers is the count numbers are turned into two places. Number one, they're turned into the National Audubon Society, and they um, compile all of the numbers from North America and then also all the numbers from around the world. And then we also turn the numbers into the Minnesota Ornithological Union, and they keep track of the Minnesota numbers uh, themselves. So, and then and then we do keep a, a, a local record, but but we don't extrapolate any of the data ourselves for here in Steele County. Do all counties in Minnesota have a Christmas bird count? Um, not necessarily. Um, there are a number of counties that do. Here's how the Christmas bird count is is set up. is is You make contact with the National Audubon Society on their website and tell them where you live. And then what they do is they assign what is referred to as a large circle. And you count the birds within that circle. The center of our circle is in Havana, Minnesota. And it's actually, uh, we count in a 30-mile radius from that midpoint in Havana. That includes a lot of Steele County and also the uh, city of Owatonna. Oh, so okay. if you want to part participate in an Audubon bird count, you need to contact Audubon. They, if you don't have a circle in your vicinity, um, you can set one up and then you become the administrator of, of that circle. Or if there is already a circle there within your community, you can contact whoever the administrators are and, and ask to be a part of that count. 
So that's kind of the way you get involved with this particular bird count. It's called the Christmas bird count, but it was not held on Christmas. Mm -hmm. No. Well, actually, it started on Christmas Day. And and let me give you a little bit of history behind it. Sure. Um, prior Prior to the turn of the 20th century, hunters were engaged in a holiday tradition known as the Christmas side hunt, which was held on Christmas Day. So the hunters would choose sides, go out in the field with their guns, and whichever team brought in the biggest pile of uh, feathered uh, birds, mostly um, they liked to target raptors, and but then other larger songbirds as well. And then they would also hunt uh, fur, uh, furry um, animals um, as well. So conservation awareness was beginning um, around the turn of the century, and many observers and scientists back then were being concerned about the declining bird populations. So beginning on Christmas Day in 1900, ornithologist Frank M. Chapman, an early officer of the newly formed Audubon Society, proposed a new holiday tradition, the Christmas Bird Census. And so that's kind of how the bird count got started. And uh, thanks to the in- inspiration of Chapman and the enthusiasm of the first other 27 dedicated birders, um, 25 Christmas bird counts were held that day. Locations ranged from Toronto, Ontario, to Pacific Grove, California, with most counts in or near the population centers of northeastern North America. The combined tally of the original 27 Christmas bird counters came to around 80 species. So so um, what the Audubon Society does now is there is a count window between December 14th and January 5th each year. Each count circle gets to decide when they're going to hold their particular Christmas bird count. And uh, for the Steele County area, we've always chosen uh, um, a Saturday to do the count because that's when obviously most people have, have more free time. Right. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I got to take a little break here yeah. and get our opening market report. We'll oh. be back in two minutes, okay? Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Don't leave, Leanne. I, I'm looking forward to talking more about what you actually found on the bird count. And I don't know if it's just me, but I don't see as many birds. Is there a declining bird population now? We'll find out from Leanne when AM Minnesota continues. The opening market report is a service of your KDHL Agri-Boosters, including Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Nairstrand. Craig helps protect all things that are near and dear to you. Werner Farm Seed Dundas, quality seed, reasonable prices, including cover crop seed. Give Paul or Gene a call, 507-645-7995. Soybeans and corner hire, cattle and hogs are mixed. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. The path to higher yields is now at your fingertips. Download the Stein Seed app and start planning your next move today. Stein has yield. Soybeans are up, continuing to bounce, helped out by the sale of 297,000 tons of U.S. beans to China this morning. Weekly sales were up from last week, but lower than average. Harvest activities gaining steam in Brazil with lower crop estimates from some private firms. March beans are up six and a quarter at 1219 and three quarters. May is five and a half higher at 1229 and three quarters. March bean meals up a dollar thirty at 362.60. March bean oils 57 lower at 4705. 
Corn's higher. Weekly export sales are solid at more than 1.2 million tons, with more than half of that to Mexico. Rains in the forecast for parts of Brazil, and while Argentina's drier conditions are still good, March corn's up four and three quarters at 448 and three quarters. May's four and a quarter higher at 459 and a quarter. And wheat's higher with most winter wheat seen snow cover, but winter kill is still a possibility in some areas. A lot of this, though, is just technical uh, as wheat is still oversold, but gains are probably going to be limited by slow export demand. March Chicago's up 11 and a quarter at 596 and three quarters. Supported by the weekly export sales numbers, March cotton's up 194 at 84.45. And nearby rice is higher on spread trade with March up four and a half at 17.64 and a half. Live and feeder cattle are mixed at a widespread direct business and this afternoon's cattle on feeder port. February lives down 15 at 174.67. April's 15 lower at 177.50. March feeders are up 25 at 232.80. April feeders are seven higher at 237.82. And hogs are mixed, mostly lower on spread trade and their premium to the cash index. February lean is up 7 at 71.17. More active April's down 15 at 78.30. Crude oil's higher this morning, below 75 a barrel, though. John Perkins, Brownfield. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. We continue our conversation with Leanne Alt. She is sitting in Steele County, and we are sitting in our studios in downtown Faribault, just off Central Avenue here for our AM Minnesota program. Leanne's telling us about the 2023 Audubon's Steel County Christmas Bird Count. And again, Leanne, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with me. Oh, you're welcome. One of my favorite things to do is to talk about birds. I'll bet it is. Do you have a favorite <laughs> bird? Oh, my. <clears throat> I do, actually, and it's one that we do not see up in Minnesota, but you see it in Oklahoma and Texas, and it is called a scissor tail flycatcher. Okay. And it has a long scissor-like tail. That's how it, it got its name. Uh, it's a beautiful bird. It's a, a, absolutely amazing. Um, up in Minnesota, my favorite bird is a cedar waxwing. You see any of those? Uh, oh yes, uh huh, yeah, yep, yep, and and they're they're quite common in uh, in our area, particularly more you see them more in the fall and then in the winter in flocks. They like to go around to some of the old the, the crab apple trees with the fruit and they eat a lot of the fruit in the winter time. How did the bird count go this year? Well, the bird count um, it was very warm. So we were down in numbers, and of course there was a, just a sprinkling of snow, I think, on the ground. Well, we held the count on December 16th on, on Saturday. So we were down in total numbers, which is not unusual when the weather is that mild. Um, a number of the birds are not coming to feeders um, because they're out in the field eating eating um, natural food, and so they don't rely as much on cedars uh, for some of their nutrition um, during the wintertime. Um, we saw um, we had a total of 51 counters, and uh, six were field counters that actually went out into um, the country and counted birds, and we saw a total of 37 total species. So... Uh, the total number of birds seen was 2,964, which is down quite a bit from some of our larger numbers. I think the most birds that were seen 
on the count was in 2017, and there was over 7,000. There was like 45 species of birds seen and over 7,000 total numbers. So they so, have... To have apples to apples and oranges to oranges, don't you need the same number of bird counters each year? Well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably. It's also very um, dependent on weather, too. So when the weather is mild, and for instance, uh, a lot of um, the Strait River and Lake Colmeyer were not frozen for the bird count, and we still had a large number of, of waterfowl still Still around. Uh, they counted 940 Canada geese and 169 mallards, and so those numbers are are fairly high. Um, yeah, so uh, it, they take whoever extrapolates all this information takes into consideration uh, what the weather conditions were like. Um, we were up to 40 degrees on Saturday. They had there had been a sprinkling of snow in the morning. Um, and then the rest of the day was fine and there were calm winds. So, and, and we were down in numbers of people counting at their feeders for whatever reason. People were, had stuff going on that particular Saturday and <clears throat> were not able to participate. But and we have had up to almost a hundred people counting at bird feeders sure. in the past. So. And that's kind of unique to your count, right? The bird feeders? Um, yes, it is. We are one of the few areas that welcome, you know, that encourage people uh, to count at their bird feeders. I'm sure that there are other circles that do have some people that do bird feeder counts, but we actually reach out and, and ask the community to be a part of this, what actually amounts to a citizen scientist project. Is that how you counted? Um... I'm not quite sure what you mean by the question. <laughs> I, I, I consider it um, a privilege to participate in the bird count and to help uh, collect data about the current bird population. Besides doing the Christmas bird count, my husband and I do two um, spring migration counts, and we turn those numbers into the own, uh, Minnesota Ornithological Union. Yeah, what I meant so by that the, they can kind of keep track. What I meant by the question was, do you participate in the bird feeder, or do you go out on the road? Oh, I see. Uh, I have done both. I have done bird feeder counts, um, and then also um, field counts. Usually I start at home and do the feeder count, and then I go out on the road with my husband and whoever else he's and he's counting with, and then we do a, um, a, a field count, so to speak, where we drive around the county roads, uh, look for birds, um, and, and count them. I think last year we had two large flocks of turkeys. That was very snowy last year, as people may recall, and I think we had over 100 wild turkeys just in our little quadrant that we counted in. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, numbers vary so much. I can bring up, I'm working on my computer here, and I can bring up to give you an idea of past numbers that we've had. Uh, the most birds counted was 7,953, and that was in 2017. And they had, they saw 39 different species. The most species seen on account was 49 different species. Um, 
And numbers have ranged from anywhere from our low of 2,900 all the way up to the the 7,953. So it's just dependent a lot on uh, weather, weather conditions, and, and as you say, um, number of counters that we have. Did any of the species found surprise you this year? Um, no, they were all pretty typical for this time of the year here. Because it was warmer, we picked up a couple of sparrows that usually are not seen. We had a fox sparrow, one fox sparrow. And, of course, by this time, they've all migrated down far, farther south. Um, and there was, what else? Um, one brown creeper, which is a very tiny, tiny bird that climbs on um, tree bark. And we did have some pine siskins, which are a farther north bird, and sometimes we have them for the winter and other times we don't. Uh, they resemble a goldfinch in size. Um, so we had 24 of those, and we had a lot of dark-eyed juncos. They're a bird that comes down from um, far northern Canada. And, uh, yeah, so those were probably... Oh, and uh, some white-throated sparrows, they're supposed to be down farther south. So we did have some birds that we normally don't see, but are um, come through the area during migration. I see this year, bird count, you had 52 wild turkey, and you had some ring-necked pheasant. About 18 of them were counted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I think the pheasant population has um, increased, which is which is nice to see. Well, they wanted that because you guys hosted the pheasant hunt, right? Yeah, we did. We did, absolutely, yes. The, the governor's <laughs> so pheasant... So it's good that we saw some numbers. <laughs> the, the, the governor's pheasant opener was held in Steele County there in Owatonna. So yes. after all these years, Lynn, what do you think? Are we seeing fewer and fewer birds? It seems to me we are. Um, yes, we absolutely are. They have done... Um, Cornell University, Cornell Ornithological um, uh, Branch of the Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, and, and several other bird organizations have done some scientific studies, and they came out in 2020 saying that we have lost nearly 3 billion birds since 1970 in just one generation. Um, 90% of the loss of birds that you see come from 12 bird families, which include sparrows, warblers, finches, and swallows. Um, and we've really noticed, you know, there, uh, we have a lot of house sparrows um, in our area, and we have noticed uh, a huge decline in house sparrows. They used to be everywhere, and now you just don't see them as much. So there has been a large, a large decline just since 1970, in bird populations, and there's a, a number of reasons for that. Um, one is uh, loss of habitat for a number of birds. Um, grassland birds in particular have been hit hard with a 53% reduction in population. Some of the grassland birds that you might be familiar with are um, meadowlarks. We used to have a lot of meadowlarks, uh, particularly in Steele County, and now they're much harder to come by. Part of that is um, we've lost grassland to primarily agriculture kinds kinds of things. Um, other 
impacts on the bird population has been the use of insecticides, not only um, in fields but also in towns. For instance, um, when you spray for mosquitoes, the spray not only kills mosquitoes, but it also affects other insect populations that, number one, the birds rely on, and number two, uh, pollinators um, are affected by uh, by the spraying for um, mosquitoes, too. So we need to be kind of aware of that. And then also the use of a lot of chemicals, even within our own yards in in towns, can affect the insect population, which then, again, affects the bird population because birds are uh, voracious insect eaters, particularly in the spring and summertime when they are uh, raising their uh, babies because the, the, the babies need protein, and so baby birds get fed a lot of insects. So those are some of the things. Other things that have affected the bird population um, has been uh, window hits, by birds, particularly during the spring and fall migration. Um, lights on in large cities, which affect uh, how the birds navigate at night. Most of our birds migrate at night. Most of our songbirds migrate at night. Um, birds that migrate during the day would be our raptors, our hawks, our eagles, um, kestrels, that kind of thing. So light pollution affects birds because it disorients them as they are doing their spring migration. Uh, and the volume of spring migration measured by radar in the night skies, and yes, birds can be, uh, large flocks of migrating birds can be picked up with uh, radar, dropped uh, just 14% in just the past decade since uh, 2010. So there's um, a number of Items that that has contributed to the loss of our our birds here in uh, North America. Wind turbines, are we seeing that affect them? Wind turbines have somewhat of an effect, not as much as people think. And I believe that they've worked with some. Uh, I've read about um, they've worked with some some wind turbine farms where they uh, can control their wind. Let's see. I'm just. I'm looking at an article right now. Sure. A loss from cats and other invasive species, collisions with glass, and industrial. In- oh yeah, as communicate communication towers, particularly if they have the long guide wires, that um, contributes to bird mortality. Uh, mortality. Wind turbines do contribute some to bird mortality and also exposure to, as I said, pesticides and other toxins. So other, and climate change is affecting um, birds as well. So other than not using insecticides, what can we do? Well, some things that we can do locally, which are pretty simple, is plant more native plants. Native plants will attract pollinators. Uh, insects, There's um, pollinators are more than just bees. There are a lot of insects that are considered to be pollinators as well. So when you use native plants in your yard... You bring in more insects, which is more food for the birds, which is beneficial to them. Uh, keep your cats indoors. Cats are not wild animals. They are domesticated animals, and they are very devastating to a bird population. I think uh, I've seen 
um, research where a cat can kill two to three birds a week. Um, and even that's your, you know, cat that you let, uh, let out because you think they want to be outside. Believe me, they don't want to be outside. <laughs> My husband and I have had four rescue cats. <laughs> After we rescued them, not one of them wanted to ever go outside again. Wow. So they had a pretty tough life out there. Um, make your window safer. Um, there are decals and stickers that you can put on the window that um, birds see in ultraviolet light. And these stickers um, provide um, an ultraviolet that they can see the stickers, and then that will prevent them from colliding with your windows kind of thing. Uh, reduce your plastic use um, because, obviously, we have issues with, you know, uh, chemicals that are used to make the, the, uh, the, the plastic. And then, of course, the plastic gets into our environment. And a number of birds have, um, have met an untimely death from... You know, the um, plastic that's around uh, pop cans kind of thing, uh, they get them caught around their necks and then and they can choke. Um, drink shade-grown coffee. I know that sounds... Um, why drink shade-grown coffee? Well, because shade-grown coffee obviously is, is grown in shade areas. Trees are not cut down, um, particularly in uh, the... Um, uh, tropical areas and reduce lawn um, planting uh, native species and 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 reduce the use of your insecticides and pesticides and herbicides that you use on your lawn. Um, that is another uh, another thing that that we ourselves can do and and um, just become more aware of your natural environment. The more you become, the more time you spend outside, the more you realize the benefits of our wonderful natural world. I did not realize so. they had such decals to put on your windows. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you can get them from Amazon. <laughs> Oh, okay. And I imagine other other bird stores have them um, as well. Actually, at our house, we do a combination of the um, uh, plastic decals, but then we also have outline shapes of raptors that we put in the window, and that way the birds can and it, it can see that, um, and that helps avoid uh, window collisions. Yeah, I've had a few on my patio door windows, and. I'm glad mm-hmm. that you brought that up because I'm going to get me some of those stickers. That's great. That's great. Yes, yes. We, uh, I highly recommend that. Um, so I guess, you know, be kind to the environment and you'll be kind to the birds and other living creatures that, that, that we depend on every day and don't realize how much we depend on them. Uh, for instance, our, our pollinators. Uh, pollinating the food that we actually eat. And there has been a, a huge decline in insects as well, too. So we just need to be more careful about what we put out into Mother Earth. Yeah, Leanne, I can't imagine a world without birds. Can you? No. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's uh, they're, They are a joyful thing. They are a spiritual and joyful thing. And, uh, wow. Without hearing a robin sing in the spring? Oh, my gosh. What would our spring be like? 
If you're wondering, there were no robins counted on this, right? Uh, right. Although it's not unusual for robins to stick around in the wintertime. Oh, really? If they have shelter and if they have a, a food source, they'll definitely stay. But there were none counted on this. You had 78 no. red-winged blackbirds, I see. Yes. Yes, and that's a bit unusual just because the red wings should have uh, flown farther south, but because of the milder weather they and the, the fact that they still had food sources, they stuck around. So, But generally, in a, if it was like 10 above, you know, you wouldn't see red-winged blackbirds around so much. <laughs> yeah, 50 hairy uh, woodpeckers, hairy woodpeckers. Hairy woodpeckers, mm-hmm. Yep, they're a very common neighborhood um bird that you see, particularly if you um, have a lot of trees around. 113 um, blue yeah. jays? I'm sorry, it cut out. Say that again, please. Well, I said 113 blue jays were counted. You got quite a list here. People can can uh, see this. Do you have a website, by the way? No, we do not. And oh. maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we should consider doing that. Oh, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> it really would be. Yeah. Um, well, and that's one reason why I sent out press releases to the media to um, um, hopefully they will print them so that people can see. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know what kind of birds actually live in their neighborhoods. That's right. <clears throat> hey, thanks, Leanne. You Appreciate know? the time. You have oh, a thank you so much. Great rest of the day, okay? Okay, you do too. Thank you so much for having me on your program. Betcha. Leanne Alt, she is with Steele County Christmas Bird Count. I thought that was an interesting show. I don't know. I, I hope you enjoyed it as AM Minnesota will continue next week.